My friends in Christ, if you found the parable we just heard a bit puzzling and less than edifying, you're probably not alone. This is one time Jesus seems more interested in embarrassing than in edifying. Embarrassing the likes of you and me, the children of light, as he calls us, shaming us into seeing just how far short we can fall of the children of this age when it comes to making the really important choices of life. The children of this age, he says, are more shrewd in dealing with their issues than are the children of light. But let's be honest, the parable is kind of irritating, and it seems to reveal a different side of Jesus from the one we usually see in the Gospels. Jesus seems more a pragmatist here than a prophet. He seems to want us to walk away from this parable scratching our heads, but also perhaps searching our souls about how astute we are when it comes to making the big choices of life, choices that impact our eternal destiny. How astute we are and how decisive. And if some of our decisions are prompted by motives that seem downright selfish, doesn't seem to matter. Use this world's goods to make friends for yourselves, Jesus says, so that when the goods are gone, you may be welcomed into the eternal dwellings. Any way you cut it, that sounds kind of selfish, certainly not very lofty. In fact, lofty is the last word that comes to mind with this parable. Crafty comes closer. Learn from the dishonest steward, Jesus says. Learn not from his dishonesty, but from his shrewdness, his craftiness. Jesus is saying that we are to be as shrewd and calculating in the way we live our faith as we are when we figure out our income taxes, sniff out a bargain, close a business deal, plan for our retirement. If we are, Jesus says, we will reap some enviable benefits, heavenly benefits. Like the steward of the parable, if we have played it right, if we've made friends for ourselves by means of this world's goods, we will be welcomed one day into eternal dwellings. And who is it that will be welcoming us one day into eternal dwellings? Let me give you my theory. I think it can only be the poor, whom we heard about in today's reading from Amos and sang about repeatedly in the responsorial song. Let me tell you why I say that. In Luke's gospel, the poor are always, always the ones with the advantage, the edge. The poor are the lowly ones of Mary's Magnificat, the ones God lifts up from the dust in order to put down the mighty from their thrones. The poor are the first ones at the manger of Bethlehem. The poor are the blessed ones of the Beatitudes. The poor are the sinful woman at the feet of Jesus and the repentant thief on the cross next to Jesus. Doesn't it make sense then that the ones who will welcome us into God's kingdom will be the poor? And if that's the case, wouldn't we be well advised to use whatever worldly goods we may be blessed with to make friends with the poor? 
selfish, perhaps, but also pretty enlightened. I'd call it good investment strategy. But now let me shift and take another look at this parable by putting it in the larger context of Luke's gospel. The dishonest steward of today's parable is not the only character in Luke's gospel who acted shrewdly when he got into trouble by squandering the property of another. You know the other character even better than you know this one. He appeared in last week's gospel in a very familiar parable. His name is the prodigal son. The prodigal son who sinfully squandered his inheritance on licentious living was not much different from today's dishonest steward who squandered his master's property by cooking the books. And when it came to saving his skin, the prodigal son exhibited motives just about as noble as the dishonest steward. You remember how when he woke up to how lonely and hungry and far from home he was and how his father's hired hands at homes were living a lot better off than he was, well, he had this sudden conversion. A genuine conversion, I'm sure, but a rather self-serving one, too. Not unlike the conversion of today's dishonest steward, who, when faced with imminent unemployment, realized that he'd better do something quickly because he didn't like to dig and was ashamed to beg. My friends, neither the dishonest steward nor the prodigal son are paragons, that's for sure. But give them both credit for being decisive and enterprising, and then give God credit for doing the rest. After hearing today's parable and relating it to the parable of the prodigal son, I find myself thinking how wonderful it is that Jesus is able to use these all-too-human, even sleazy sorts, a prodigal son, a dishonest steward, to tell stories about God's grace and goodness. I find that encouraging. I hope you do. We may not have histories as colorful or as compromised as the prodigal sons or the unjust stewards, or maybe we have histories more colorful and more compromised. No matter. Jesus says, there is room for us. Room for us in the embrace of a God whose mercy knows no bounds. We have a God with a Midas touch, if I may put it that way, a God whose grace and mercy can turn even the basis of human motives into pure gold, and even the humblest of human elements, bread and wine, into the gift of his very Son.